Alrighty, hello. Welcome to another episode of From My Chair with Carlos. We're going to have a great show today. We're going to have an Eddie Van Halen appreciation podcast. Got a couple of great guests, guys, so stay tuned. guys welcome to from my chair with carlos i cover all kinds of topics talk to some business insiders in the music and film industry and please subscribe to the channel and please turn on your notifications so you do not miss a single episode in this episode i got a couple of great guests and we're going to break down our appreciation for edward van halen today i have with me anita hello how you doing there i'm doing great how are you carlos i'm doing fine i'm doing well and we're welcoming back Bill. Bill from Silence. How you doing, Bill? Good, man. How's it going? Good. Good to have you guys here. Yeah. Nice to see Anita. F- haven't seen her since high school. It's been a really long time. Yeah. A long time. Yeah, we got to go back. A, a quick background for the viewers. So uh, I've known Anita since probably 8th, ninth, 10th grade. Probably, Summer. yeah, like ninth grade, ninth or 10th grade. Ninth or 10th grade, absolutely. So 30, 40 years. And I've gone, again, I've known William over here since third grade, yeah, third grade. since we were eight. And uh, the one thing that we all have in common, clearly we have our love of music, our friends, our circle. But um, the thing that we really have in common also is Edward Van Halen. Now, we all grew up, uh, this is what I want to talk about. Um, I don't want to do like a deep dive, like Edward made the PAF 90 pickups and the blah, blah, blah. We all know that that stuff's online. We just want to talk about our love of Edward Van Halen and how it brings, uh, how it brought us together in the beginning. Cause me and Anita have a funny story, how that happened. And more importantly, growing up with Van Halen, the changeover to Van Hagar, and then unfortunately the loss of Edward Van Halen, which there's going to be a lot of great stories in there. So I just, again, want to keep it loosey goosey guys and just talk about our love of Van Halen. So I will go last. But um, Anita, um, when, where, how, when did Van Halen enter your life? So I was, actually today I was trying to think about when did I decide to play guitar? And I think it was, I had a friend of mine um, in, I think it was either ninth, eighth or ninth grade, and her name was Heather Lee Williams. I have to give her credit for this. So she was taking guitar lessons with Pat, who was also your guitar teacher, we found out later. (laughs) And I decided to learn how to play guitar. And um, it's funny because before that, I was really into Duran Duran and Prince. And, you know, seventh grade, I was big into like break dancing. I had, you know, I don't know, at one point in time, I had like a lowrider t-shirt and I wanted an El Camino. (laughs) Nice. So, you know, there was (laughs) kind of like a a weird, yeah, there was kind of a weird transition, you know, and then. In line, I think it was like ninth, tenth grade. I started really listening to you know, you know, more of the, you know, eighties rock metal, and I decided to play guitar. So the story, I don't know if Carlos wants me to tell the story. Yeah, absolutely. But when yes. when I decided to to learn how to play guitar, my guitar teacher Pat was like, "You need to go buy like every Van Halen album that's out there. Like you need to own every Van Halen album that's out there." And I think by that time, nineteen eighty four was already out. Um, so I went to the record store, which was Sound Warehouse, which was on 74th and Federal. Yep. Woo-hoo. And I walked up to the counter with like four albums <laughs> in my hand and it was like, the counter was really up high and I was really short. And I remember putting them on the counter and looking up and lo and behold, Carlos was there. Yeah, <laughs> I was working there. I'll take over really quick. So I was working at Sound Warehouse again. I own my own business. Uh, big Top Collectibles, but my favorite job ever is still Sound Warehouse, and I was working there, big Van Halen fan already. I came in like two years earlier than Anita, um, but I remember this uh, cute little kid. I'll call you a kid because you were a kid, and you were probably like, what, three feet tall, four feet tall? 
Yeah, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, four or something, and, maybe. And then, yeah. and then you're right. The booth was like the pharmacy booth. Like, you, have, you know, you always go and you look up at these people. I don't know why it was set up that way. But this little kid's holding, handing me, like, four Van Halen albums. There's, like, Van Halen 1, Van Halen 2, excuse me, Van Halen, you know, Women and Children, Fair Warning. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, my favorite band. You like Van Halen? And Anita was like, and this is not what you sounded like, but you were like... Yeah, my guitar teacher told me I had to find out I don't remember. And I was like, what? And, like, I just, and I'm like, you play guitar? Me too. You take lessons? Me too. Who's your guitar teacher, Pat? Pat's my, we found out we had the same guitar teacher. Right. So that same guy, Pat, I don't remember his last name. I think it's Bruno. I think it just was came it Pat to my. Bruno? No, maybe. Maybe. Now I, I can't remember. Ooh, now we can look him up on <laughs> Facebook. Yep. <laughs> but like, dude, your lessons suck. Anyway, no, he was pretty good. But um, funny, so I took lessons from him. You took lessons from him. Pat, our other friend, Pat Mays, took lessons from him, and so did Mike. Mm-hmm. Mikey did. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, we all took lessons wow. from him. He used to teach out of a little small shopping center up in like um, off 104th or somewhere up there. Yeah, when I took lessons with him, it was out of his, I think, his parents' house. Oh, then so, he moved. Yep. Yeah, then he moved there because they, he had to give he had to kick back part of his gig money to like the music store. And I remember that and he was just like, just coming over to my house, same price, but blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And so we would do that. But anyway, so then you buy the Van Halen albums and what happens? And then I just went from, you know, being a Duran Duran fan <laughs> to being a complete, you know, like Eddie Van Halen fan and, and just falling in love with all of the music. Um, every single, every single riff, every single guitar solo, you know, like, it's it's magic. I don't know how else to describe Eddie Van Halen's playing other than it's magic. Absolutely. Beautiful. Cool. We'll come back around to that. Bill, what about you? Jeez. <clears throat> so my my first experience with yeah. Van Halen. So without being too without telling too long of a story. So when I was younger, I had two older sisters and they would in the morning they would always be getting ready for school and we had this record player in our living room. And they would always play these records. Well, my oldest sister had Van Halen 1, wow. the very first Van Halen That's when it awesome. first came out. And so they were in there getting ready, and I would still be kind of sleeping in my bedroom or whatever because we went, you know, different schools. And I heard, um, I heard Eruption because it was playing on the radio or was playing on the record player when they were getting ready. And then I heard You Really Got Me after that. And I remember Eruption like woke me up, and I was like, what? what the hell is that? And I was listening and then you really got me came on and everything. And I was like, Oh, that's pretty cool. So after they left, I went and I was looking for the, but I didn't know who it was because I wasn't familiar with Van Halen yet. So finally I asked my sister and she showed me the album cover. And I remember looking at those dudes (laughs) on the album cover and I remember looking at Alex because you know, his nose is all like, yeah, cooking on that right. first album. Yeah. I remember laughing my ass off and saying, Who's the, look at this guy, man? Look at his nose. But right. then we started I started like playing the whole album. I think I might have stole it from my sister or something too <laughs> later on. But that was my first experience with uh with Van Halen was was when my sisters would play it. And then, you know, from then on and, and then we just, you know, when I started getting into guitar it that was that was what you wanted. That's that where was you, what you wanted to be, man. I mean, exactly. you wanted to be. That's where we all started. You wanted to be Eddie. I mean, yeah. I never took lessons or anything, but you you wanted to be Eddie. Yeah, and for me, um, that's funny. So you were in on the first album, Mike. Well, you were way ahead of the curve. Yeah, I was pretty young. Now, yeah. at that time, again, so 78, so I forget what grade we would have been in 78, probably like second like or third grade, fourth grade. 78? No, 78? we were like fifth grade. Fifth grade? Fifth or sixth grade. 
Okay. These guys are getting old over here. That's forgetting. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was listening to disco. That's what I remember. Oh, I love disco. I, I'm like, I, yeah. Don't I was even a little yeah. kid. I, I love Bee Gees are fantastic. And Saturday Night Fever is one of my great favorite movies of all time. But um, I, I love all music. But for me, again, in that third, fourth, fifth grade, um, it was REO Speedwagon. That was my first super group. And I love REO because you, when you're a kid, you latch on to those. Again, you sing along to those songs that your parents are playing, the Motown stuff, the blah, blah, blah. But my first favorite group is a group you discover, you like, you buy your, you know, you mow lawns and spend your own money on your first album. That was REO Speedwagon for me. And Gary Ridgerath was my first guitar hero, and I love Gary. Yeah. And he was wicked and Roll With The Changes and all that stuff. It was just, it, that was magic for me. But then I heard, again, in 82 now, so 82 were in seventh grade. Because I remember 84, we were in ninth grade. Yep. That's how I remember that. Yep. So in 82, uh, Diver Down comes out, and it's the video. Video is very starting. And you were mentioning it wasn't even before MTV, or MTV was barely around. But right. you saw the Pretty Woman video. Yep. On, where did you see it again? On Teletoons, oh, man. It was, this, it was this vi- it was music called. video like channel segment 12 on Channel 12. Oh. It was in Broomfield, and it was called Teletoons. Mm-hmm. And it, they played videos for a couple hours on, like, Saturday morning. That's or something. And my sister had the Diver Down cassette. Oh, yeah. And I remember I took the cassette and I was oh yeah, I was playing it. For me, like I said, it was, I remember seeing mostly, the, I didn't know what the video was going on because if our TV speaker sucked and whatever, blah, blah, blah. They weren't like they are today. But I remember the Pretty Woman because everyone knew Pretty Woman song, right? Right. And I was like, oh, it's kind of cool. But what's that sound in the beginning? So when I <laughs> found, again, my buddy... Um, up the street had the cassette or the album. I, I just remember the red and white striped. I didn't know it was the diver's flag and blah, blah, blah. Diver right. down. It's very, it's a, the pun. I get it, right? And I remember putting the album on and going to that song, and the song was called Intruder. Yep. And you Van Halen fans know the beginning of Intruder is just that smash, smash, bap, 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 bap. And it was like, and it was just a, a cacophony of sound and sonic and ambient yep. just <laughs> great way to describe it blah, like it was just like what is going and again i was with my headphones because i had to turn up my music didn't want to bug my parents or anything or my brother and it was over it was literally over it was like when you first like i don't know hear your first bible story about the the ark or something or you you see color tv for the first time or wizard of oz it turns to color halfway through is i just sat there dumbfounded right and then i dropped i picked the needle up dropped it off at the beginning of the album and then when i heard where have all the good times gone again everyone knows that great you know uh symbol intro then eddie's kind of a thing and it's just that sound it's that like anita was saying you kind of she kind of sings the guitar parts yeah you can just sing his guitar parts they're just and it's just i I don't know how else to explain it it's it's magic like to echo what you said and for me it was like it, it was so much louder and aggressive than Gary yeah. Richrath, but it didn't hurt. It wasn't like annoying. It wasn't like uncomfortable. It wasn't like, like, Ooh, this is abrasive. It was like, it was like butter to me. Like he, he always described it as the Brown sound, right? We all know the Brown sound. And right. it was like a sound of a Gibson and a Fender Strat. And then he put all of his guitar together, everything. As I learned more and more about Eddie, and this is what's kind of funny is, um, I, you guys know me. So, as you guys are getting to know me on the podcast, I when I'm all in, I'm all in. Like I got to know everything. Like who's the singer? What's the bass player? Right. How old are they? Where are they from? What yep. are their names? Who's their favorite song? What's Eddie's favorite color? I got to draw their logo. Like they have the best logo. I yep. started drawing it on yep. my my notebook. That Learned how to draw it, and it was dude, all that, over your folder. Right? That peachy. I would have my little ruler, and I would be making my little <laughs> Edward, my Van Halen wings. Yep. You know, and me and Anita are rocking Van Halen shirts, and guess who is not? I know. Yeah. I suck. Yeah. 
<laughs> Billy forgot his Van Halen shirt. Anywho, so that logo, it was, it was the whole package. And then what happened was as it was the perfect, it was a perfect storm because after Diver Down was 82, so 83, I was just discovering Van Halen. And then I went to the same record store that Anita met me in that I ended up working at. And there was a guy named uh, Kenji. Kenji uh, Kawamura, mm-hmm. yeah. and I was like, where's the Van Halen records? And he's like, you know, I'm an idiot kid, like, in the Vs, like, he walks me into the V category, and I'm like, I want to buy, you know, my own copy of Diver Down, because I had to give it back to my friend, and as I'm pulling up the Diver Down, because that album cover is so huge and iconic and bright, Ken was like, no, 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 I was like, you got to hear their first album, have you heard their first album? I'm like, how many albums do they have? And he starts flipping through them. He's like, again, like Anita's like Van Halen 1 or Van Halen 2. We don't have the third one, but that one's wicked. Come back for that. Here's the fourth one. This one's the best one. Here, and I'm like, whoa. So, I, again, I got to go mow, mow more lawns because I don't have 30 bucks on me or 20 bucks. So I bought the first album. Same thing. I hear the car horn from Running With The Devil. Yep. And then the thud, thud. Uh, I'm like, you open an album with like those quarter notes. You be- this song better be badass because this is kind of like, what? Like, where's the guitar? And then the guitar hits you in the face. Running with the devils, I got the great chorus, the great you know David Lee Ross going off with that. I ain't done one more time. Like it's just you <laughs> yeah. know those screams, and yeah. then you're like, whoo, that was a great album. Oh, wait, that was one song. Yeah, and then the next song, the next song, <laughs> boom, 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 boom. eruption, right? Yep. So anyway, um, it just blew me away. Then eruption ended, right? And it has that large reverse Black Sabbath dive bomb. Yeah. And you're like, holy Jesus. This is the and then you're right. You really got me kicks in. And right here, guys, I gotta show you. See that? That's my can you see that scar right there, Bill? Yeah. Can you see yeah. that, Anita? That scar on my Yes. That is my you really got me Van Halen scar. And I was cranking this album so much. That if you guys remember the bridge breakdown after the solo of You Really Got Me, where it's just that, that, that girl. Yeah. You really got yep. Right? Yep. And then you hear that, and you hear all that, the background noise. The mm-hmm. hoo, yeah. Hoo. yeah. And then when it kicks in, you hear Michael Anthony do that. He does a scream. Yeah. I jumped off my bed, air guitar. <laughs> I love it. Did a windmill. I'm not even lying. Did a windmill. Hand goes right through my little glass covering my light bulb just shredded it fell down looked at my thumb had a piece of glass sticking out of it had to pull it turn it and pull it out and hold it and i got a van halen scar out of it yes and that was all like rock and roll dude i was like yep like marty mcfly with like taking off the glasses i was like holy (laughs) cow so anyway that was diver down to the first album the first three songs and then ain't talking about love has the greatest yep. intro ever that sound yep the sound the sound the sound of edward and i never heard anything like it since then and up until that point so it was very a time capsule thing because we've been there after eddie came out with all the imitators and all the other a-list bands and b-list bands and c-list bands and it's never been duplicated everyone copped the licks right but it didn't sound like no. it. yeah nobody can sound like him no no and what i think a lot of people miss and again this is just us ranting about eddie is i learned in trying to dupe it again we have our own uh amps and our own tones that we like but i always was like going for that really super overdriven sound because it makes you sound better or cooler like it, it, it covers up a lot of air if you <laughs> right. pu- if you put your com- 
your, your compressor on 10 and distortion on 10 and everything on 10, you can get away with that. It, it, it's, it's a trick, right? It's just a trick. Right. But my buddy producer uh, in Morrison, Jerry, when he was, he's really an Angus Young fan and he loves Eddie, but he's a bigger Angus Young fan. And he would tell me those guys, there's not a whole lot of distortion going on. Mm-mm. Like it's, it's, it's there, but it's not like, you know, Metallica, like, like I have, you know, the John Sykes chorus on 10, Ooh, and right. it, that's why it doesn't sound like that. So it's all in the attack. It's the way Eddie attacked the strings, his hands, the way he bends a note, the way his guitar is not even really in standard tuning. Like, and then they, like right. they never play, he never plays it the same way twice. It's, oh, it's just like watching the us festival. And again, 82 is just a special time in Van Halen for me watching the us festival. The way he holds the guitar, the neck, he bends the body. Like he's going to rip the neck. Like the, and it's, again, it's, a, it's most, mostly clean. It's not even like distortion, distortion. And so once I dialed all my distortion back and then tried to play Eddie, then I sounded like Aerosmith. I sound like Joe Perry or something. I'm like, I, I, can't, I, don't, I can't do it. Like I give up. Well, and the thing of it is, is back when he was doing that, he was just using the equipment that they had oh. back then. Right. So now they try to reproduce that tone with all these, you know, electronics and all these different patches and everything. When he was just using, what well, he was probably using like a JCM 800 or something well, like he, that or he, some overdrive, some old school piece of crap overdrive pedal to get that tone. Right. And everybody's trying to be, everybody's been trying to reproduce it ever since then with that, just that simple equipment. You're absolutely right. And him with the hot rodding, his Marshall amp and everything from his guitar to his cable, to his picks, to everything was uniquely his. And what's funny is I have, I just purchased, you guys have seen it, my replica of the Frankenstein guitar. And this thing costs like thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. And I was on a waiting list and I finally got one. And what's funny is you look back, the original Frankenstrat, which was the white body, you know, Mm -hmm. he striped it and threw the red on later. That Strat, it was an $80 Charvel neck, and the body was, or was the body of the Charvel. One of them was the Charvel. Anyway, the neck was 80 bucks, and the body was $50. Mm-hmm. Wow. He yeah. had $130 in that guitar, and the rest was him. Yeah. Right, like, yeah. Like, he gutted it. He did this. He pulled out the the tone, the, the, the five selector switch. Like, like he's, dude, like, who does that? Like, he's literally a mad scientist. Well, and exactly. one of the pickups was a dummy pickup. Wasn't it? Right, right. So, well, it was a dummy pickup in so much that uh, he never wired it up. And then in the middle pickup, so Strat, and guitar players, you guys know this. Um, so a Strat had three single pickups. Right. So he gutted it out with like a router because he wanted a, a, a humbucker pickup from like a Gibson, mm-hmm. which are two of them. Just imagine instead of onesies, it's a twosies. Right. In the um, bridge pickup, the middle pickup was blank. The th- bridge, the neck pickup yeah. was a dummy one in so much that it wasn't wired up at all. It went nowhere. But if you look at my guitar, like I showed you, where the five pickup switch is, he literally took that out and stuffed it in the middle. In the middle, yeah. To wow. throw people off his scent. Like, he, like, what is that? And it looks like, like, what is that? It doesn't, it didn't even work. And he, he like disconnected right. it. Interesting. And stuffed it in there. I'll yeah. show you on my guitar. And it's like, what is that? And then the volume knob was labeled tone. You know, and instead of the, the normal strat, you know, you have volume, tone, tone for each pickup, just volume, volume. zero to 10. <laughs> yep. Right. And then he made his own, like he, he took a, a strat whammy bar handle on the tremolo, came up with the Floyd Rose, with Floyd Rose, the locking nut, the, the guy, again, I, I challenge anyone to go into any guitar center, pick a guitar off the shelf and it doesn't have one thing 
that doesn't involve an Edward Van Halen innovation. Right. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. Yes. Like, no, 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 absolutely. Totally. And, right. and that's the, it goes back to the equipment that they used. He was just customizing that stuff with how he wanted it to sound or what he wanted it to look like or to throw people off or whatever reason he was doing it yep. for. Um, and it's just it, people, it's just, I don't know. That, like you said, I need it was magic. It's incredible. And he was just yeah. doing that stuff probably for not any other reason. I mean, we all customized and did stupid stuff to our guitars and put stupid things on it and everything. And, and maybe he was just like, like Carlos, like you said, like a mad scientist as far as how much he enjoyed making music, you yeah. know, and it was just his way of figuring out his, his own, you know, his own innovations, his own way of, of playing the guitar. <laughs> I do have a funny story about Intruder though. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah. So, so, I mentioned that my sisters used to listen to these records and stuff when they were getting ready in the morning. Well, that one morning they were listening to Intruder. Woo. And and it just, just and it was noise. I mean, yeah. I thought it was cool. And my sisters thought it was cool. But my mom I remember my mom. <laughs> oh, my mom. Poor Bonnie. <laughs> and she was like halfway through it. She's like, Oh my God, what is that? That's terrible. That's horrible. <laughs> I remember she did the same thing. I don't want to get too far off track, but Diary of a Madman, that oh. part at the end where they're all, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> she's like, she's like, oh, God. She's like, that's horrible. That's devil music. She's got the crucifix out of the kitchen, and she's like, yeah, bless this house. It was, it was just sheer noise. And it was just, it was so funny. She's like, that's horrible. <laughs> I love, like, Intruder, I, you know, and it, going back to the video, right? Um, I think that was another thing, is seeing that video. Yeah. And I was like, who are these, these you know, um, these guys that kind of look like girls, but they're really sexy, you know? And Androgynous the video, going on. Yeah, and the video was so, I remember when YouTube came out trying to find it again because I think they took it off of MTV because they felt like it was a little risque because these I just remember like I thought that was the coolest sound like it is just so raw and cool but yeah I I loved that song and Pretty Woman and the video and the whole thing yeah Eddie the the cowboy yeah that was the first video I saw from them me too so so again what's funny is like again you listen to going back to the first album was like running with the devil like oh my god then eruption oh my god then really got me oh my god then ain't talking about love oh my god God. then then I'm the one oh my god (laughs) oh my god god because I'm the one has the shuffle right for days and again with intruder it went into it went into um uh pretty woman pretty woman sorry <laughs> and i i liked i liked pretty woman fine and but it was like you know their cover song the i know the roy orbison tune and so it went great because it was a great intro to that and then again it sucked because on my cassette tape it would end it'd say pretty woman and it had this like echo chamber of um, and it just died and then i'd have to flip the tape over really quick and keep the party going and then Side two, man, <laughs> dancing in the streets, right? Yes. All of a sudden, you hear that waka 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 waka. Like, what is like, like? It's a moog riff, like a moog, a mini moog. Right. And I remember Eddie was so pissed because he had that riff for an original for, song. Yeah, different song. But Dave wanted to use it for dancing in the streets, yep. and it was like Diver Down's half cover tunes, and it was the beginning of the end, blah blah blah. But even hearing, you know, dancing in the streets, I was like, oh my god, this is so good. And then it dropped me right into 1984 comes out. 1984. So great story to tell you guys about that one. I, I'll, okay, I'll I'll just sum it up really quick for me, and then I'll I'll, I'll bookend it. But 1984, it was the again the perfect storm because now I'm in ninth grade, 
I'm getting away from my toys and action figures. I'm now into cars and girls and I'm feeling cool and I want the cool jean jacket and I want my Van Halen patch. And then you see the video for jump and you're like, these guys are so cool. But it was when I saw the video for Panama and again, this again, gather around the snap, that song, gather around the Snapchat children. I'm going (laughs) to tell you a story. Back then, you couldn't just record it and rewind it and go, what was that? It was one and done. Like, right. yep. We didn't even have a VCR hooked up to record this in my house. So I would listen for it. And you would hear, if you guys remember how the Panama video starts, it's that, that biplane. Like, mm-hmm. You're standing by with your tape recorder? Dude, no, I didn't even have <laughs> I, I would. I just wanted to see them in the flesh. In the flesh, baby. So I'd run down the hallway, and I would see the plane, and then it kicks into the beginning of Panama, and Dave swinging on the thing with the, with the radio. Yep. And I, I was done when the song kicks in, and you see the whole stage light up in the 1984 stage production. Yep. It, I was literally, like, I was done. Like, I fought so many guys like our buddy Paul about guitar players in high school, like, who's the better one? And he was like, Jakey Lee, and I was like, you're crazy, and blah, blah, blah. I like Jakey Lee, but no. And anyway, I was done. I was literally ninth grade. It was over. Like, if I could have got a Van Halen tattoo on my forehead, like a Drake tattoo (laughs) that kids are doing nowadays, I would have totally did it because it's like, it was over. Like, they couldn't, how can they be this good? I couldn't believe that, and I I would scream it from the rooftops. Like, how are, you guys all know Van Halen rules, right? Like, I would, like, go to every class and be like, Oh, who, who's that? Black? No, no, no. You know Van Halen rules, right? Aerosmith? No, no, no. You know Van Halen? Like, this is Van Halen's world. Like, I was so flying the flag. It was over for me. It was yeah. over. All through high school, nothing but Van Halen. It never, yes. It's never ended for me, kind of a thing. What was yeah. your 1984 well, story? Well, funny story. I, I don't know. I always have had kind of a flair for the, you know, like wanting to be dramatic and, you know, like, like to sing, like to jump around. And after seeing the video... Um, me and of jumper Panama. Of Panama. Yeah, I I just remember me and some of my friends were like listening to it, lip syncing, singing it out loud in the backyard. I wanted to climb up on. I had a dollhouse in my backyard, and I wanted to climb up on the dollhouse and jump off of the dollhouse. You know, in the part with the you know the leading up to it, <laughs> oh where yeah. it's like you know, and they there's jump no stopping now, Panama. And I was like, <laughs> I wanted to jump off the dollhouse, and my dad was like can't do that you're gonna kill yourself you know but i that was what i want and i would you know i wanted to like somehow so you didn't do it i um i think i got up on the dollhouse and i jumped down but it wasn't as cool as like i wanted you know like i wanted to do like a high kick like dave you didn't get your scar no i don't have a van halen scar but um but every time just go for it every time we would listen to panama recently when i worked at this little dive bar whenever we play panama i would always do a high kick man there was always a high kick involved with that song so i just the roundhouse kick when dave does it and then in that same video dave's wearing a t-shirt of him on the front you got to be a badass oh yeah to wear a picture of you on a shirt and pull it off like it didn't look like out of character like like if carlos is wearing a carlos shirt that would be stupid (laughs) but um yeah so 1984 so where were you when that album dropped bill uh, well, I was in ninth grade. Well, I know uh, with me, but I mean, yeah. did it? When did it hit you? Or well, were you? Yeah. So I uh, had my my buddy Jerry Logan. You know, we were all into Van Halen, and I think he was the first one to have the 1984 album. And it was the same thing. I mean, we all listened to it. And um, oops, sorry, Carlos. Keep going. Carlos dropped his guitar. <laughs> Kicking it. But um. So he had the 1984 record, and I remember listening to um, Hot for Teacher. I love that song. And that, and that drum intro. Yes. 
And we at first we thought there was something wrong with the because I think it was a cassette. And the first we thought there was something wrong with the the radio because we're like, oh shit, what is that sound? Yeah. yeah, something's wrong with the radio, man. What, Jerry? What's wrong with your What's wrong with your boombox? And then it went into the song, and we're right. like, "Oh yeah, yeah, that's a, that's part of the song." So, yeah, so it was cool. And then um, part of that was I never got to see Van Halen with David Lee Roth back then. Me either. I, I did later on. Yeah. But uh, the first concert I saw, and, and I'm sure we'll get into this later, but the first concert I saw was with Sammy Hagar. Me too. For their first album. Yeah. The, me too. the Sunday number one. Mm-hmm. And I remember that. And we'll, I'm, I'm sure we got some great stories about that too. But I mean, we wore 1984 out. Yeah. We I wore that tape out. I love that. Every album. single song on it, you know, right. every single song was great. Um, another funny dramatic story. I, I don't know if you had Miss Bell or, yeah. you know, when we had to do a lip sync. Right. So the lip sync that I chose was Hot for Teacher. Um, so I, you know, s- it, we had a, Somehow I've got a poster of Morgan Fairchild. We put it on the board. <laughs> we had it covered by a piece of paper. She was like in a swimsuit. And, you know, what is the teacher going to look like this year? And then right. I pulled it down, and I was jumping around and lip syncing to Hot for Teacher. Yep. Um, so, yeah, Van Halen was definitely a part of my life all through high school. And then, you know, playing guitar, learning how to try to, like you said, you know, learn his style, which I was uh, not the best at, but I tried my hardest. Yeah, nineteen eighty four was it. There's no, there's no one Van Halen album that I can say. Oh yeah, that's my favorite album. Cause really, you lo- I'm, but there's there's some that I'm gonna ask know. you. <laughs> ah, man, especially the older stuff. I, right there, I just love all of them. And you know, like with any other album or any other band, there's there's songs that have special memories for you or right. that take you back to a certain place. I remember, remember when we used to cruise Colfax. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. So when we were in high school, I don't, I don't know if you remember this. I, d- I didn't cruise Colfax, but I know that, that was a thing. It yes. was. Yeah. So we had these. No, no. Cruise, it, cruise in the car, not like walking to Stroh. Yeah. No, no, <laughs> yeah. Not, not soliciting, you know, prostitutes. Or right. Anything. Right. But so West Colfax, we used to cruise. So yes. we all had our hot rods and we would cruise West Colfax. And we had um, my buddy's car because he was the, we weren't old enough to drive yet, but we had this buddy, my buddy Ed, who was mm-hmm. old enough to drive. And we had his car, and we had the Van Halen one cassette, and we, that's all we had. Back that's and awesome. Forth. Back and forth all, all night, and we played that cassette over and over and over again, and we wore that thing out, man. So whenever I hear a Van Halen song, yeah, off, especially off their first album, like Little Dreamer or, oh, yeah. you know, Can't Wait to Feel Your Love. Yeah. That's on one, right? Yep. Yeah. Side two. Um. Those those are the songs that take me back to that, to that era. Sure. And when what we were doing back then. Right. So it's yeah, I remember just playing it and just wearing it out over and over. As I know, another connection that me and you have, because we love all of the first six albums, we haven't even got into Hagar yet, which we'll get into pretty quick here. Yeah. But um, me and you are also a huge fan of Van Halen too. Oh yeah. So do you dig Van Halen too, Anita? I think Van Halen too. It's funny. I I waffle between Fair Warning and Van Halen too is my favorite. There you go. And I think Van Halen too. Yeah. Is just uh, it's uh, it's glorious. It's amazing yeah. album. I love like somebody get me a doctor as one light of my, up the sky. Oh, light up the oh, sky. Yeah. Oh, that reminds totally. me of skiing. Like I would just put that in. You know, had it all on my iPod, my little iPod shuffle. Put those 
tunes on and light up the sky, again, screaming down the mountain, listening to. And again, who who writes that intro riff to light up the sky right. like that? Like it's just like it's nuts. And then that that drum breakdown at the very end, and that and just the it's it's Van Halen two is so wicked. Again, it's it's like and then. I'm with you on fair warning because my favorite, and I'll ask you guys your favorite albums and your favorite songs if you guys can. They kind of change, I guess, on me yearly. But my favorite, I think, two songs are from Fair Warning. Mm-hmm. So it's clearly um, "Hear About It Later" is like my ultimate Van Halen song because I think "Hear About It Later." If I had to put it on a in a time capsule or explain to anybody who's never heard Van Halen, here's the one song that encompasses their entire. Uh, plethora of magic it's got the the flanger slow intro it's got the build-up it's got the guitar solo it's got the 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 chorus the michael anthony background vocals it's got the alex beat breakdown at the very end it's got the the innuendo lyrics they're not right on the nose what is he talking about you know hear about it later for me is just their them at their pinnacle and this is a part of the band i've read every book on them where they're starting to like fall apart because eddie was like so uh but after, again, back-to-back-to-back back tracks, after Hear About Later, you guys know what song is after that? Is it Unchained? It is Unchained. That is my favorite song there of you, all time. Yes, so that's my number two because it's like it literally, Holy Jesus, and that's on one album. Right. Yeah. I would then go to probably Dirty Movies or Push Comes to Shove. Pat Mays used to love, he used to play Push Comes to Shove. Yes. Oh, dude, that is a wicked day, song, every, yeah. dude. that doom, 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 doom. Boom, 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 boom. So that song is so freaking badass. It's I love that song. Right. And that's, that's probably one of my favorites. And I'm going to segue very quickly in and out of the Hagar. I, you know, people like my buddy Brian, the pilot boy, is like, Sammy Hagar out sings Dave. I'm like, are you listening to Van Halen? I don't listen to Van Halen for the vocal quality. Like, it's not Steve Perry. Like, right. like I'm listening to it for that push comes to shove. Like, I, I, Sammy Hagar is not going to be like, is there anything to do tonight? Is there anything left in that bottle? Like, yeah. like dude, that's Dave. Like, the yeah. first six albums and then Different Kind of Truth, which is their seventh album with Dave. Like, that's Van Halen for me. Like, I never, I never um, mistakenly thought, you know, Van Halen, the greatest vocalist band. Like, they're like Iron Maiden or right. Dio. Or, no, it was like the dude's wearing a T-shirt of himself. Of himself. <laughs> you know, and he's, and he's talking about, is there anything to do tonight? Oh, give me a break, Dave. Like, like it's just, that's Van Halen. Yeah. Right. I dig Sammy Hagar, and my, I always tell my uh, joke to Brian is, you know, if I was having a barbecue tomorrow, I'd probably invite Sammy over Dave because I could hang out with Sammy and have a beer, and Sammy would be really cool right. to hang with. Dave would Dave, come over with a T-shirt of himself. Uh, of himself <laughs> and talk about himself. <laughs> or, or who knows what. Or he might be left in that bottle. Dude, you don't, you don't know what knows, you would get no. with Dave. Yeah. And that's enticing. It's a little exciting. But, no, it's like I can kick back with Sammy, sure, but in my – Van Halen band, who I grew up with, you can't top the Dave lyrics and the Dave swag. It's just, it's it's just not there. So, favorite album is oh, go ahead, Anita. Sorry. I was just gonna. I was thinking when you were talking about his swagger, I remember seeing some um, video footage of I don't know where they were playing, but it was they were playing "Hear About It Later" and "Unchained," and it was live. Probably the Oakland Coliseum. And it, that mm-hmm. was like unreal you know just and he's that. wearing like the painter pants yeah it's just so red and white striped socks it is just so magical like them you know and dave is just dave is such a performer you know yeah his voice wasn't you know 
the best quality, especially live. There was times when, you know, he was a little off, but didn't it didn't care. matter because it was, it was yeah. Eddie and, and the driving of the bass. And the other thing I was going to say too, is that that connection between Eddie and Alex and their connection with the drums and the guitar yep. together, you know, I don't know how else to explain it, but just that, that connection and watching that performance live is one of the best things I've ever seen. Oh man, when Dave launches himself off of the drum riser yeah. during the beginning of oh, Unchained yeah. and yes. stuff, like I said, nobody can do that like Dave and pull it off kind of a thing. But it's also kind of funny because all the live videos that I've seen, there's not, and then what sucks is there was never a live, an authorized like live concert video of Van Halen with Dave. If there was ever one that should have been, it should have been the 1984 tour. And um, so I would say again, my favorite two songs are hear about it later right into unchained my favorite album is either fair warning or any given day diver down 1984 the first one <laughs> <laughs> but then i say i left out van halen too right. and van See, halen that's too what was i'm saying i can't yeah now where are you guys at with um well before i bring up women and children first which is a fantastic one wow. where, where are you what, what's your favorite tunes or albums then so i know billy kind of said about the first album and stuff I, you know it's hard for me to pick a favorite song or a favorite album. Different albums mean different things to me. Like I said, Van Halen one takes me back to high school, cruising on Colfax. But no. then 1984 takes me back to a point in high school as well when we were just completely into Van Halen. There was no other band except for Van Halen. In 1984, and I was telling Anita this, Jerry Logan had the 1984 cassette. Right and hot for teacher, and at first we thought there was something wrong with the, his radio or his his stereo. It was just going. What is what is the matter here? What is going on? Oh, so but there's there's different songs, different albums take me to different places that are that are cool, you know, that bring back a lot of good memories. But right. dude, I I I don't know if I can pick a favorite song or a favorite album because when i say oh yeah women and children first you know take your whiskey home man oh. I love, it's one of my songs but then i'm like oh well you're their cover of you're no good on van halen too i right. i can't pick just one i can't i can't do it man i feel stuck a little too i mean unchained is always you know one of my favorites and i don't i don't know if it's just because it's just so hard and just so well, and the, and drop d who did that well, awesome. back then, not only the drop D and that intro and that flange, but again, like, you know, and I played along, I did a video of it and playing the verses. It's not even like, it's not like a standard, like, you know, da 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 It's not, it's not normal. Like everyone, we all know, we could all agree. Eddie's lead playing is again, no one can touch him. He's just falling down the stairs. He lands on his feet and it's beautiful. Again, I remember Nita was talking about this earlier. It's like we try to play it, and I could play a lot of it, but it doesn't sound like him. Right. I can hit the main notes, but it gets too reckless for me, and I'm, like, too, like, structured. I'm, like, I, I need to, like, learn to get unstructured so I can play this right. craziness. Exactly. But after I gave up on the leads, I'm, like, screw it, screw it, screw it. I'm just going to play the rhythm. Yeah, good, good luck with that because learning his rhythm tracks. Oh, yeah. Right. That's where people forget like how a genius his rhythm because it's the beginning intro to Panama. Do a chord chart on that, all those right. chords going on and just the intro, which he never doubles back to. Like he's just like, here's the intro, we're moving on. Or right. or here or not just hear about it later, um, light up the sky, that bun donut, that that ascending do 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 then it's right. over, it's gone. Right. And so trying to learn his rhythm, then I was really frustrated and I was like, I suck. 
the rhythm playing is just as astounding as his lead playing. And then he can sing. The guy can sing. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then he looks great, right? He's yeah. great. <laughs> Loved him. I, I had posters of him all over my room. So, so did I. Yeah. The, the hair, yeah. the smile, the Love grin. Yeah. Yep. And is it fair to say if anyone could be a dick in the rock and roll business, Eddie Van Halen could have been an, a monster asshole? And he wasn't. He was just a shy guy. He was yeah. just like, you know, leave me alone. I want to play guitar. I'm not a rock star. I'm a musician. Dave's yep. the rock star. Your hair got, your hair got even remotely the same length as Eddie's. <laughs> you know, you have that poster of them in '78 from their first album, and his yeah. hair just looks freaking badass. Yes, looking. your hair even remotely gets that long, and you're like. How do I make my hair look like that? I go to my sisters. I'm like, I want my hair to look like that. So they pulled out their curling irons and everything, and I didn't look like that. Dude, at least you could grow long I hair. Look stupid. I, I had the mullet, and my hair wasn't going length, so I started going for height. <laughs> like, I like kidding, play. Totally. I started going for like the the prince, you know, fro thing going on, but just the entire package. So what? So your favorite album might be. I, like Van I said, Halen I think two. Van Halen 2, between Van Halen 2 and, and Fair Warning, I think it kind of waffle. But I feel like there's more songs that I connect with on Van Halen 2. And, and that's not, you know, I kind of feel like Billy said, too, that, you know, there's days, there's times when certain songs really are, you know, I'm, I'm resonating more with those songs on a, you know, different different time and i think it just all depends on what's happening at the time what do i feel like listening to yeah um but um i, I think van halen too was by far one of my favorites i love it yeah love out of love again great song oh my great, god yeah. and then um what's what's the one just before beautiful girls women in love great song the whole harmonic tap yeah. harmonic intro that just sounds like chiming bells and stuff and you're like what is this and then the you know that whole it's Man, that's just one album, and th- right. that's what's great. So what I want to what I want to do too. You want to pull up something, Bill? Or no, I was just looking at. Um, I was uh, trying to think of a song, and I think it's I think it's "Feel Your Love Tonight." I love from that the song. first one. The intro you're talking about. Oh no no no! That's not that's "Feel Your Love Tonight." Yeah. Oh, it is. Yeah. Sorry. We said getting. Oh, I'm I'm the one. So you're talking about like technical guitar and guitar players. Yeah. Listen to that. The first beginning, boom, ba bump, and a boom, ba bump, boom, ba bump. I did, I, I did the video for that because it, it was like one of those again breakthroughs where, and dude, everything. Pull up an isolated have you track done that? I have. of that song and listen to how clean it is. And you know, going back to like when you were talking about Metallica playing every song on it because it's, it's you can hear their guitar lessons, you can hear that education in their music. And I'm not, sure. I'm not. Saying anything negative sure. about them either. It um, is what it is. Because they're sure. a great band. But you can hear that that structure, yes. their lessons. You can't hear that with Eddie because he didn't play structured things like that. It was right. all off time and it's weird, it. and he made up his own scales, and he's doing these crazy freaking, like, <laughs> stretches, nine-finger stretches, you know, way at like the top. The, the solo to Ice Cream Man. I know, exactly. Yeah. Or hit. Beat It. The solo to Beat It. Oh, oh. And th- that's isn't it awesome? I tell my my kids every <laughs> oh. day at school. I'm like, do you guys know that Eddie Van Halen played the guitar solo in Michael Jackson's "Beat It"? Right. So let's watch the video. Let's take a five minute break. And watch the video. Hey, I want to take your class. Awesome. <laughs> that's what I would be doing. I'd be like Star Wars. Notice this, the tyranny of the empire. But no, you're absolutely right. And and did you mention that earlier about like the whole thing where Eddie wasn't? He was self taught. Yeah. Threw that, all the, he threw everything out the window, and he just. I remember hearing an interview with him where he was talking about that, and he's like, he just said, I just, 
I didn't know what I, he basically said, I didn't know what I was doing. So I just did whatever, whatever I thought sounded cool. Right. And again, try to mimic that stuff because it's just, it's, it's too good. It's too, it's, it was so far ahead of its time. Like I said, and people were trying to cop his um, style and his attitude. And then correct me if I'm wrong, but back then I know most bands had like the killer guitar players like Joe Perry or Jimmy Page or, you know, Gary Richrath. But after that, it seemed like all the rock bands had to have the gunslinger guitar player. Mm-hmm. Like, and I'm not talking about like, cause I remember when Yngwie came out and I remember uh, one of the teachers at the CEP told me and Mike about Yngwie. And sure. When I first, I heard Yngwie and it was like that. And I was like, Holy Jesus. Yes. Technically brilliant. Love Yngwie have all of his stuff. Yeah. Can play some of the stuff. I like, really like his acoustic stuff, but, um, it was impressive, but it wasn't like, it didn't like, I didn't like think about it after it ended. Like I, I right. was like, like right. right now, if I think of marching out or, you know, I'll see the light tonight. I'm like, Oh yeah, I remember right. that. Yep. But yeah. even though he's technically, you know, that's how I feel about Steve I. Steve I's one of my top five guitar players. Steve I's a little quirky, like from the Frank Zappa school. Right. And it's a little, once I get into the melody, like Satriani's way more melodic, but Steve I's melody pulls me in and then he just starts going off on some crazy, right. like, right. and then I'm like, and, I, 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 I kind of lose the, the connection. I'm like, this is really weird. And Steve Vai's the best of both worlds because he yes. has that extensive knowledge in, in music theory education. Yep. But then he still does all this crazy stuff that doesn't Falls make down any sense. And, and it's right. not, you're like, wait a minute, that that's not part of the theory. What What is he doing there? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think, I, I don't know, whenever I think of guitar that makes, you know, makes me want to sing along with it, I always think of Eddie and that that to me is like he made that instrument like his own voice. Yeah. You know, and and I don't feel like any other guitar player can speak to me that way. I think that, yeah. you know, like what you were saying with Ingve, Ingve, yeah, amazing, technically amazing guitar player, but yeah, I can't remember Right. You know, You'd have to I, I can't sit here and like I can't just all of a sudden burst out, you know, singing one of right. his guitar solos. Can't sing so, one of his yeah. tunes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. And what's funny is, um, so after 1984 came out, again, big story, the tour went on sale. I remember begging my mom for like 20 bucks because that's how much it was to see a concert back then. Got the 20 bucks, gave it to Mike Lyons up the street. Mike gave it to his brother, Matt. Matt was going to buy the tickets. We got out of school. I couldn't wait to like, oh, we got our tickets. We got our tickets. Because again, Van Halen's the pinnacle of my life at that time. And they were sold out. And Matt gave me back my 20 bucks. And I was like, I don't want my $20 back. Like I want the ticket. And again, ninth grade, I didn't realize, um, that you can probably go down to McNichols at the time and buy one from a scalper or something like I did had no car. I didn't know the bus line systems. I was 16 or whatever. So I missed it. I will never see. I never saw Van Halen in their prime with Dave. Now yep, we went I, me either. I didn't either. Sadly. I know. Isn't that crazy? But yes. now I saw the reunion tour, um, with Dave and with Wolfie playing bass. And it was awesome to see Dave and Eddie together. And I kind of got the chills just seeing Dave slide around and talk to Eddie while, Ed, Ed, you know, Dave's doing his bebop-a-bop jazz man thing while Eddie's playing. But it clearly, you know, they're in their 60s and whatever, and it's not Michael Anthony. And I right. created the, you know, bring Michael Anthony back to Van Halen Facebook page, and it has, like, thousands and thousands of members. It's crazy. It's like, oh, I can't run. You made that? I did. That's mine. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, you I've guys seen that. Yeah. I, 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 I didn't it. know that you actually that's made mine. it. That's mine. That's awesome. <laughs> that's my page. That's I great. saw that. I, I mean, I follow. I'm, I'm, I know. I'm a member, yeah. Let's see. I, li- I liked it. I liked it. I'm a member. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. 
Anyway, so, you know, it wasn't the same. But what was also a weird Shakespearean turn of events was when I was older to buy my own concert tickets and get to the show was I must have seen Van Halen with Sammy like, I don't know, five, six, seven, eight, nine yeah. times. Right. And I seen him front row at Fiddlers. And then they, for a while, they always kept just coming back to Fiddlers. This was after Monsters of Rock in 88. Mm-hmm. Right. But so this is, we'll probably do one. I'll probably, we're going to keep going. And I'll probably make this into two episodes because now we're barely getting to the Sammy year. So can, before we get to Sammy, is there anything else you want to talk about the, the David Lee Roth era? What, what, I mean, you could spend another hour talking about Okay, so then when, yeah, I'm kidding. So, again, 1984 tour sells out. I don't get to see Van Halen live. Then it was later that year in school, just before 85 came out, before Dave released Crazy from the Heat. Yep. And they broke up. Yep. That was so depressing. I was so sad because I really wanted to see them live, too. And that made me just really sad. It was, and this this is the part of the show where we go, oh, because... Yeah, I found out, I think, I almost said recess. I was in junior high. I found out <laughs> during the school, like, first or second period, somebody was like, you know, because they knew me with Van Halen. They associate me with Star Wars now. They associated me with Van Halen back then. And they were like, hey, dude, you hear they broke up? And it might have been Logan or some some of those guys at Malek or somebody you know, giving me crap. And I was like, what? And I was like, no. And then I went home. I don't even know how I figured it out or something. Cause there was no news. There's no YouTube. There was no, right. I don't even know how, but it, it was real. Maybe it was right. MTV is the right. MTV news. Kurt Loader here. And when I found out I left school, like I, I, I just zombie walked to my locker at Carpenter, put my books away, grabbed my Walkman, my headphones, Van Halen tape inside, Walked home from Scott Carpenter, probably shed a couple of tears, and I was like, my band's over. Like, does this happen? Like, but I was like, so I went home, and I don't think, I think I played fake or fake sick for my mom for like a couple of days. I didn't go to school for like two <laughs> or three days. I'm not even kidding. I, I just sat in my room and played my music. And what's sad is this fake is, sick. I, I did, and it was like, this came to fruition, unfortunately, because I knew the day was coming. But um, I remember uh, telling Sarah, my, my wife, this stuff, and I was like, I, I, I couldn't handle it for weeks when Van Halen broke up. So I can't imagine when I lose Eddie Van Halen, like when he dies. And I always told everybody, when Eddie dies, leave me alone. I'll know when he dies. Just, I'm going to just leave me alone. Cause I'm going to have to deal with it my own way. Right. Again, huge star Wars fan built my entire business off star Wars. And like, I even told those guys, I've been wearing my Van Halen shirts on my show. And I'm like, I love George Lucas, but Eddie Van Halen means more to me than star Wars. Because yeah. again, it just it was the formation of my little, Carlos brain and right. my attitude and my this and my that. It was, it was Van Halen. It was music. I'm a musician. Right. And so when, um, we'll double back to that. But when, um, I got, it was kind of weird. Cause it was kind of cool because that day I got texts from all of you guys, right? Like friends I hadn't heard in years. We and that's connected. That's when I knew something was wrong. Right. Cause I'm like, I'm like, why is Billy's uncle's nephew's brother's dog texting me? <laughs> Anita, hey, how's it going? But oh, what? And I didn't want to read the text. Right. And then I didn't want to go on the news. And then Sarah always wakes up before me, clearly. And then Sarah's like, hey, did you hear? And I'm like, I don't even, I'm going to take a shower. <laughs> like it hasn't, it's not official yet. You know, I'm going right. to shower and eat breakfast and then you can wreck my world. And so that was a horrific day. So it we'll, was, it was sad. We'll come around to that. But that's, that was the hole that I hit. So 
84 ending and then Dave taking it with crazy from the heat. And then it's the, he said, she said, and then out of nowhere, again, now we're coming to the close of our high school, 86, our class right. 5150. Yep. Right. And then that same summer, Edom and smile came out. Yep. Right. Holy bejesus. Oh yeah. It was yeah. like they were, it was almost like a civil war between the two of them. Right. Absolutely. David Lee Roth versus Van Absolute, Hagar. Absolutely. But right. here, and with two yeah. records with, Clearly, some of the best songs both bands yes. did. Yes, I remember. It's like the Pink Floyd thing. Like I'm, I'm more Camp David Gilmore than I am Roger Waters. But right. Roger Waters is a genius, and I'm so glad he sells out stadiums because that is his work and his vision and his lyrics. So good for Roger. So with this, I was clearly picking Eddie Van Halen. Although I was, I knew Sammy Hagar wasn't going to replace Dave. But I didn't know how Dave because I was like, who's this Steve Vai Val Vi Vil? Who's this guy? Right? Who's this guy? But then Billy Sheehan, dude. Right. But then the movie Crossroads came yep. out that same like yes. summer. Yep. And wow. again, to quote Billy from the last show, this isn't the Britney Spears movie Crossroads. This is the Ralph Macchio. Yeah. John Seneca and uh, <laughs> Jamie Gertz. Which you you, love, that's man. what you always. Mm -hmm. That's Anita always reminded you of Jamie Gertz. Aww. So that comes out and Steve Vai is playing Jack Butler, right? And that whole, do, 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 that one like five note like scale intro is like, I was like, oh my God, this is Dave's new guitar player. Holy Jesus. Like this guy is a badass. But again, it wasn't the same tone or sound right. like Eddie had. It was much more polished, compressed, dialed in. I'll use that word. It was more dialed in tone than Eddie just, Eddie could probably plug into my amp and sound like Eddie Van Halen. It's all... Right. It's all in his hands and his attack again. But anyway, I'll get your guys' take on this, so let me set it up. The first song I hear, they literally come out within months. So Van Halen 5150 drops. I grab the cassette. Yep. But before the cassette came out, the, the single came out. Right. And the single was Why Can't This Be Love. Yep. Right. And I remember KBP, I was like, at 6 o'clock, we have the new Van Halen single. Check it out. So I was there with the tape, yep. blank tape. So right. was I. And I'm ready for that, you know, the intruder sound. I'm yep. ready for right. running with the devil. I'm ready for the freaking, you know, the full bug intro. And what I heard was... And we're like, and at first I was like, I was like, I was like, what in the actual hell is this? I was like, is this like a Coke commercial? Like Coke free. Available at all Can't this be love? Yeah. Oh, nice. Right. Give us another line of that. Go. Woo. I tell myself. I can't remember the rest. Hey, only fools what's, rush what's in. Only fools <laughs> rush in. What's the line? Only time will tell if we stand the test of time. Nice. <laughs> that nope. I have a nope. whole show just on Anita singing. <laughs> let's do it. Now let's break down that lyric. Um, only time will tell if we stand the test of time. Like right, right away from the cue, love you, Sammy, but it's a clearly a different Van Halen. Yes. Right. And that sound, I remember like, again, sitting up against a tree during lunch break after I recorded that song, listening to it with Mike and we were like one headphone each <laughs> and it's like, doo, 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 doo. and I was like, <laughs> is, I was like spinal tap. Is this a joke? It's a joke. <laughs> this is a joke. She means Dolby. Is this a joke? And then. Even I was listening for the guitar because there was no guitar except right. for that one. There's one like little That's baby true. scream right. during the verse. And then here comes the solo and it's all. 
And Sammy's like following it with his voice. Yeah. So then then it starts with that. And I'm like, here we go. And it's all. Right. And I'm like, oh, where is my Edward guy? Right. It was like, I remember the term jock rock because all of a sudden. Yeah, cock rock. Yeah. Jock rock. Yeah. Absolutely. And then what's great was. Months later, here comes Dave, and before Dave's a visual, Dave Dave took the whole Van Halen team with them, Pete Angelus and all those guys, the guys that did the stage production, did the T-shirts, mm-hmm. did the album covers. Dave took all those guys with him, so it clearly was packaged and looked more like Van Halen right. than Van Halen. In fact, Van Halen didn't even want to compete with that. They didn't even do a video for Fifty One Fifty. Imagine right. that. They were like, "Yeah, no." But Dave's first song that I heard wasn't on the radio. wasn't It was on MTV. MTV was like, "We'll have it at six. So I'm sitting there and right, it's the it's like give me a bottle of anything and, and a glazed donut, donut to go to go, to go. Yeah. and then it's and then where's he at? He's on the drum riser, right? And he jumps up and it hits right when he connects with the feet, and then it's like what 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 right? It's like right. and then he's wearing the assless chaps, yes. and it's like oh let me pull up onto the sidewalk and take a look here. Ooh, I was like, oh my god, it's Van Halen, right? right. It was so. Good, and so with my Van Halen group, like I said, I have the Facebook group, like two, 3,000 people in it. I better update that more often. I'll be like, hey, Bill, hey, Anita. Um, anyway, and it's like, here it is. I'll throw to you guys really quick, and you guys at home play along. What's the better album? Eat Em and Smile or 5150? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, when I was in the same boat you were when we, when Why Can't This Be Love because I was the same way. I'm like, all right, yeah, the new Van Halen's coming up. We're all sitting by the radio with our tape recorders. And we're like, what the shit is this? But but in all fairness to that album, because that that's a great album, It's when you listen to the other songs on that album, as you got more into it, but you're asking which I thought was the better album. At the time, Eat Em and Smile was was the better album for me because it was nonstop. I mean, nonstop Shy, in your right. face, boom, 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 pound you, pound you. And it Van Halen 5150, although it's a great album and I love that album, it wasn't It wasn't like that. I mean, there's some great tunes on it like, you know, um, Summer Nights and things like that. Right. But for me, Eat Em and Smile was the better album. Yeah, I think so too. I think it's there was just a lot more... You know, when I go back to that jock rock, you know, it was good music, but it wasn't the Van Halen that you knew. And there was a lot of like love songs and everything was about yeah. love. And yeah, and um, almost, I mean, not not like country music, but you know what I mean? Like there's songs in there that were oh, more sure. about love than where. I could hear Keith know? Urban playing, you know, Summer Nights because he has that one song about right. playing guns on the radio. And yeah. You know, time got absolutely. I cannot hear Keith Urban playing like Shy Boy. Right. I mean, <laughs> it, it definitely, yeah. Eat 'em and Smile was like in your face, fun, wild, crazy. You know, reminded you of what Van Halen was. I agree too. Yeah. So back then, I hated to admit it because again, Pat uh, Mays, our our buddy, um, was one of my first friends that liked Dave Lee Roth more than Eddie Van Halen. So when this album came out, he was just like, "Dude, Eat 'em and Smile." He's literally yep. eating them up and right. smiling about it because. Eddie and Alex were pretty much run Van Halen, what they always pretty much did, because they're always going to vote the same way, I guess is what I'm trying to say. 
I think it was kind of like Sammy was kind of like low maintenance and was willing to do it and screw it. Why not? Like, right. I, cause even when they got Gary Sharon, I always feel like Eddie's just like, yeah, okay, whatever. Let's go. Yeah. Right. Like, I don't think Eddie really put in a lot of like, let me really like, let's run this through. Like, right. like Dave coming with up with again, with all the, the logo and the, the stage presence and the videos and this, like, I don't think Eddie had anything to do with that. He just showed up and like played, which is great because you have Dave to do that. So I think, Van Halen lost a lot of that. And again, Dave always mentions about Sammy, like, why can't this be love? How do I know when it's love, when love walks in? And Dave's like, and I ain't talking about love, baby, right? I'm like, like, there you go, exactly. So back then, Eat Him and Smile was definitely a a better album because I liked The Ladies' Night in Buffalo. And um, what's the other slow tune on the other side? Big Trouble. Yes, Big Mm -hmm. Trouble. Cherry Bloom and Mighty Mouse. It's kind of quiet, too. She was supposed to be back Back at at the the house. house. Right, yes, and that's okay. So that right there compared right. to only time will tell right. if we stand the test of time. Right. Like, like Sammy's not going to go down as like a Dylan-esque lyricist. Not that Dave will, but Dave definitely had his own. Dave, Dave had his lane. His own style. Exactly. Very, yeah. Even, even with, Identifiable. with different kind of truth, you know. I got a headless body in a topless bar, you know, warring clans and warring. Like, I'm like, oh, my God, it's a Chinatown, right? right? It was like the lyrics. It's just like, you know, it's, it's what it, – they need to be together kind of a thing. And it, I'm glad they got together at the end. But with the Sammy thing, then it became the Van Hagar versus the Van Halen camp. Because Dave, again, with Edom and Smile is fantastic. 5150 was fantastic. 5150 still might be my favorite Van Halen album with Sammy just because of the time period yeah. again. And, right. but listening to it now, that electronic drum sound is just sucks to me. Like yeah. I hate, I wish they could go. In yeah, <laughs> and, I agree. And we record because they had Alex's snare sound that funk funk, yeah. but the whole, that whole like rolling Tom thing, right. Boston sound drums. I'm like, no, 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 no. It didn't, it didn't sound like Van Halen. Yeah. No. And even though dreams is a great song and yeah. you can turn it up and sing along, we'll get higher. Go ahead. Anita, give us a few lines of, I don't know dreams. if I can hit that one. Higher and higher. There you go. That's about <laughs> as good as I got. Yeah. <laughs> nice. And uh, it's like, it was great, but it wasn't like a Van Halen song. It was like the solo was Eddie, you know, the breakdown was Eddie, the backing vocals. Michael Anthony blended with Dave like no other, but he also blended with Sammy really well because right. Michael Anthony is fantastic. But it wasn't like even that. Like Summer Nights might have been the closest Hagar Right. David Lee Roth song. Right. Yeah. But or 5150. Yeah. 5150 because of that whole augmented intro again, that guitar work is fantastic. But if you think of, think of, um, again, um, Summer Nights, because Eddie had that music with Dave after 1984, they never got around to it. So that's the most Dave song without Dave. But Dave's song, Going Crazy, on Eat Him and Smile, is the most Van Halen song without Van Halen. Because right. those songs are literally... Right. I love on. that song. Going, right. Going crazy is great. Right. It's great. Right. And fell got drunk and fell into the water. Right. Yeah. It's like right. it's like Dave, right? Right. So that was great. Now the second album, OU812, mm-hmm. which is clearly a knock on Eat 'em and Smile. So now they're like they're like playing with each other kind of a wow, thing. Wow, this is funny. Like I did not even realize this until what? you're telling me this now that they were that this was like that they were a call and yeah, response. It yeah, was a call and response. I didn't even know that. Yeah, it right. was it was like it was like fifty one fifty, like we're we're crazy. And it was like, oh, I'm gonna eat them and smile. Right. And then oh you ate one too. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then it was like Yeah, no. And then well David Lee Roth actually came out with Remember that little LP he did before Eat Him and Smile? I love it's it. Called Crazy from, from the, the heat. heat. Coconut Grove. Yeah. Right. I, it's four songs. It's right. brilliant. 
Love it. Love it. Yeah, you could tell they were going back and forth. Exactly. So, um, and then listen to that EP. It's on Apple now too. And I was like, cause I had like the, a, a CD of it, but it's all scratched and I can't buy a new copy and it's gone and blah, blah, blah. But now it's on iTunes. And I was like, yeah. So it's like, you know, the coconut grove is a do 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 It's just like, it's Dave, it's pinnacle Dave. So that was fantastic. So now both camps are going separate ways. So we have OU812 and then you have skyscraper. So the first song I heard off of OU812 was their first single, which was Black and Blue. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah. I love Great. that song. Right. Great song. That song yep. is... It's got some innuendo lyrics. Can I say badass? That song's pretty badass. <gasps> Absolutely. I said the bad word. the A word. I did. It's okay. But it's like <laughs> great. It was a gr- oh. It's great. Yeah. Especially, uh, my favorite part is the end with the cowbell where it's like... Yes. Dun, 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 boom, boom. And then, and then the, like, the, the, with the guitar. Exactly. Yeah. It does yeah. that. Yeah. Then it's like. So cool. It's, yes. So I'm, like, back in the Van hand and it's got, like, the Beatle Rubber Soul album cover. Like, they're all in black. It's all self-portrait kind of a thing. And then Dave's on the side of Mountain Skyscraper. But what right. was, I think the first single off of Skyscraper was just, like, Paradise, which was a monster radio hit. Right. Right. But, again, so I'm, like, thinking. Just like Paradise is a Van Halen song without them, Black and Blue, Sammy, you know, push it in, ooh, even when it hurts. Like, so he's being very Dave-esque, but I'm like, Dave could definitely do that song. Right. And Sammy can do this song. So again, I'm like, well, which Van Halen am I getting kind of a thing? But then it was on David's uh, Skyscraper, the damn good song. Mm-hmm. And you remember me and you discovering that song around that same summer, and we were just like, because it's damn good. Like, that song is, like, one oh. of his, the best songs Dave's ever written, right? Right, right. So, again, the videos come out. Dave's slaying it with the videos of Just Like Paradise and blah, blah, blah. And that was also OU812 had the first Van Halen video that they did with Sammy for When It's Love. How do you guys feel about When It's Love? It's a, You know, it's a good song, <laughs> but it's also, you know, it's a ballad. It's like, it's just, I don't know. I just think it took forever to get going. Yeah, and it's not, I mean... I'm trying to remember. Is um is right now on OU812? No, it's, it's on, on the next okay. album. Okay. The foreign yeah. Lawful Okay. Knowledge. So yeah, um yeah, it wasn't when it's, it's love is not yeah, one of my favorites. Well, and for me and for us and, and a lot of the guys that I listened to, we were old school Van Halen. Right. And we knew how Van Halen was supposed to sound. I mean, Van Halen was supposed to sound like 1984, Women and Children First, yeah. Fair Warning. That's what Van Halen was supposed to sound like. So when 5150 came out, we're like, this don't sound like Van Halen. It was so overproduced and so, like, slick. Right, and same with OU812, other than maybe a song or two. We were like, this is not, we were still stuck in that. I mean, we didn't, we should have had more of an open mind because we all loved Van Halen, but I think we were still kind of stuck in that. All right, okay, well, they they got the first album out of the way, so let's see what they do on their second one. And then when that album came out, where we're, again, we were like, this don't sound like fair warning. <laughs> right. This, this ain't women and children first. But again, what? on Skyscraper, Dave had like hot dog and a shake or, and all of that stuff. Same right? thing, dude. Same thing. Uh, I, t- it t- in my opinion, Eat em and Smile is a way better album than si- Skyscraper. I and agree. I love Skyscraper. Sure. And it's, it's got some cool tunes on it. But he started getting that, the quirky keyboard and the stuff Hina in there. Song and, and yeah, and it's just, it's just same thing. You're like, this doesn't sound like elephant gun on no it was starting to, it was getting that 80s rock metal overproduced you know bob right. rock slick production right right and 
that brings us up to, uh, unless you guys want to talk more about OU812 or any of those. I'm, I'm like having a total brain fart here. I'm like, what what other songs? Mine Oh Mine. Um, right. That was, uh, let me actually pull like, it up I'm, really I quick. I got to sit here and think. I mean, Black and Blue is great. Um, right. Uh, let me pull it up here. Sorry. That's all right. Um, well, Love, Love Walks In was on. Oh, um, Mine Oh Mine, which had that, again, that keyboard, that weird... Like weird yeah. keyboard right. sound when it's love. Oh yeah, AFU. AFU is great. I like that. I mean, that I, I, I'm, I can that one. I can listen to. And then Cabo Wabo. That was a cool. Cabo right. Wabo was cool. Yeah. Um, Source of infection, which was basically a cool guitar sound, but it was like there was no lyrics. It was right. literally, hey, woo, yeah, yeah. wow, woo. And I right. was like, yeah. what? Oh, we forgot. Feel so good. Feel oh so no 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 no. I'm sorry. Feel so good was no no. Yeah, Feel So Good was the other so keyboard good. one. So good. The way that was the Pepsi commercial. Yeah. It was the next one, Finish What You Started. Finish What You Started is a good song. That yeah. is a great song yeah. because of the sound tone. Like, they went right. this way. And actually, right. Sucker, if I had to pick one off that album, I like Sucker in a three-piece. And I don't know why, but I just like that song. It's a good song. Yeah, yeah. like that one is, it has like a Van Halen kind of sound to it. Especially so, uh, the end. It sounds like the end of like Hang Em High or anything yeah. like that. It's just. Yeah. Well, look at the first, look at the one of the first lines of the song, though. I mean, it's like, what was it? She got legs. Yeah. Straight on up to a lunch pail. Yeah. 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 Oh, I didn't know that was what he said. To her lunch pail? To her lunch pail. Yeah. Sweet little wishbone. Oh, yeah. Don't want to break her in half. Oh, my. Oh, that's a little skit. Wow. Lunch pail? Yeah. Long legs. Straight on up to her lunch pail. Oh, my. yeah, that that song, I'm like, that was probably, you know, that and Black and Blue, two of the best ones on that album. Well, remember when they got together for the greatest hits and Sammy did, they did the Up for Breakfast song and Sammy was doing like, she puts the gym, the jelly in my biscuit or the biscuit on my gravy. Like, I was like, what? Like, I'm getting hungry, man. Like, like, you're like what is all, what are all these innuendos, man? Like, just say it, man. She put the extra cheese on my pizza. Right. The burger on my ham, man. I'm like, what? But um, anyway, so, yeah, so that's a good album. So I would actually probably take um, OU812 and Skyscrapers I Can Even Draw. I would too. Kind of a thing. But now, if this was like Ford versus Ferrari, so Eat em and Smile and 5150 are pretty much, ooh, OU812 and Skyscraper are kind of even. This is where they split apart because right. Van Halen continued the success with Foreign Lawful Carnal Knowledge. Yep. Right. And Dave went to A Little Ain't Enough. Right. And it had a couple of cool tunes on there, Sensible right. Shoes Sensible and A Little shoes. Ain't Enough. A Little Ain't Enough, right. Right. Yeah. A cool video and stuff. He was on the Jeep and whatnot. But Foreign Lawful Carnal Knowledge is probably one of the biggest monster albums for, mm-hmm. I right. mean, I think Van Halen won a Grammy on that album for yeah. right now. Which is a great song. Right, and Pound Cake and yes. Judgment Day. And yeah, it, and for me, songs like Right Now and Judgment Day, you know, and like I said, we were we were Van Halen purists. We were like, you know, the, the what whole bubblegum. <laughs> Party chicks yeah. getting drunk, you know what they used to sing about, right. and then the, now they're doing songs like "Right Now" and everything's all deep and and yeah. Judgment Day and stuff like that. And we're like, "What the hell?" We liked it. We still loved it because it was Van Halen. But we're like, nah, "It's not. It's not all about chicks and partying and yeah. getting laid and yeah. drinking anymore." And they, they well again now we're in the, like the early '90s. I think it was '91 yeah. when that came out. So '91 again that that. 
turbulent year, if you will, in music with Nirvana and Pearl Jam, right. Soundgarden, Screaming yep. Trees, right. Mother Love Bone, all of that, and then Alice in Chains, all of that. And so Van Halen, I guess it was a dark album. It wasn't dark like Fair Warning. Like Fair Warning is like a mean, aggressive album. Yes. Yeah, it was um, a rebellious album. Super. But here's the difference dark. right here, I just realized. So Fair Warning is deep, aggressive, and so was Foreign Lawful Carnal Knowledge. But Fair Warning doesn't sound dated. And for an awful carnal knowledge, some of that stuff sounds dated because it's like, again, the production value and just the way it was and like pound cake. Like, I don't know if like I connect yeah. with pound cake anymore. Like it's a, another innuendo. Right. right. Sammy and his food references, lunch boxes <laughs> and pound cakes and moons over Miami. And <laughs> moons over Miami. Let's go get a Santa Fe chicken skillet. Village moons Inn. over Miami. <laughs> Dude, that's a Denny's plug. Oh, check it out. Eight ninety nine. Denny's plug. Sponsor us at Denny's. Oh, that's funny, dude. So going forward, we don't have to go through every Sammy album because I get kind of bored with them. The next one after that, though, was Balance. And Balance was a great album. Yeah. Because Balance had Don't Tell Me What Love Can Do and probably my favorite Sammy song, which is Amsterdam. Yeah. Because I just had a great riff and a great, yeah, everything's going on with that album. But at that point, we kind of get, after that, we get the live album. Then we don't really get another studio album with Sammy, right? After Balance? I think that was it. And I, I, and I think, like, that's when I start losing, you know, not that I lost interest ever in Van Halen. But sure. that I, like, when, when the whole, you know, when he left, when Sammy left and Gary Sharon came in, I did not buy that album. I no. did not. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I know. I don't, I don't own it. I don't, I'm sure I've heard a song or two, but. Why were you, you just, you were done, huh? I think it just kind of made me sad. It's like, it just Mm. seemed like, yeah, like. Right. I don't know how to describe it. Right. I I was the same way. I mean, I, I listened to it, Uh but I never, I never bought Van Halen. It was Van Halen 3 is what it was with Gary Sharon. Right. And I never, I never bought that album because and you know, and this is a closed mind, closed-minded way of thinking, but it was the same thing. So we all had our time with David Lee Roth. Right. Sammy Hagar came in, and at first we were like, oh, "Man, this ain't this ain't Van Halen." But then we got used to it. We're like, "Yeah, this uh, is cool." Right. Yeah. And then yep. now Sammy's gone, and you got Gary Sharon in there, and Gary Sharon's cool, dude, because Extreme singer. kicked ass. They yes. Did. But it was the same thing. You're like. We just got used to Sammy, man. Yeah. Now, right. now they're in Gary Sharon's hopping around on there trying to like be. But but Sharon was doing like his dancing extreme thing, which works for extreme. Right. But if you right. don't remember the the look, like he was more like the uh, Perry Farrell kind of like slacks and dress shirts. Right, and, exactly. Yeah. And then Eddie started wearing like I think one concert he's wearing like slacks and like a turtleneck. Like like Eddie changed his look during that, and he like parted his hair off to the side. Like it was all different. What right. is going on? Right, right. But I. Not only bought Van Halen three because I'm a fan, losers. Just kidding. I knew we were um, gonna we get suck. flack. I know. But but no, I was still working. At, I was still working at Sound Warehouse at the time, so you know, so it, it drops. I'm not gonna like stock the whole store with Van Halen three and not buy one. And so I bought one, and I actually didn't mind with the. I think it's without you was their first song because again it has right. the classic Alex intro and Van Halen. But then as soon as Gary comes in with that, hey you, wake up, wow, I was like, oh. It probably, it's, it probably felt like you were kind of listening to Extreme. It was, right? yeah, right. because Nuno takes a lot from Eddie and stuff. Uh-huh. And Nuno, again, top five guitar player for me. Um, but there's a song on Van Halen 3. And if there's any Van Halen 3 fans out there, you guys know this song. It's called Once. And I think I tell anybody I all the time. you had listen to it. Yeah, yes. just listen to Once with the headphones. It's a very cool, different 
Van Halen song you all they only did it once literally and it's a very it's a pretty good song just for for that album but at the at that point it was basically the beginning of the end then we got best of albums and we got like the best of both worlds and blah 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 then they went back they got reunited with Sammy again for that disaster tour which we saw in 2004 right. it wasn't too bad but Sam, that was when Eddie was really drinking and drugs and he had like the samurai hair pulled back and the dirty like shorts and he was like he was he, really he, skinny he, yeah he looked really he looked thin. a little rough yes. and it sucked because you know you can just kind of see it was it was over like like i don't know if this is ever going to come back so when they did come back they got back together with dave and again before we even talk about the different kind of truth i remember me and billy calling each other on the best of because they did two new songs with dave they did me wise magic me wise magic and can't, song. can't get this stuff, stuff no more yeah. right me wise magic i like me wise magic right from the get-go right. so the new song with sammy was like something 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 love and the first song with dave was me wise magic like what right and oh, it, it sounds that's a little great band name right me wise magic and it sounded like an old van halen song and right so did the other one. Oh yeah can't get you this stuff, stuff no, no more, more? dude yep. that's straight off of like 1984 yep Absolutely, like the drop dead legs kind of vibe. Exactly. And I remember Me Wise Magic when it kicks in. It's like da 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 da. He's like, I know what, what you're thinking. thinking. Oh yeah. yeah. It's easy, you know. It's like, oh my god, it's Dave yes, and it's back. like right. And then he was gone again, and then blah blah blah, and then Sharon. But anyway, so <laughs> different kind of truth comes out. <laughs> Me and you had a listening party at my house. Yep. Because again, this, I'm a Van Halen fan. And I <laughs> cue it up, and me and Billy go through every song, and we're like, wicked, wicked, woo, cool, that's all, yeah. And I love it. I think Different Kind of Truth is, I will still take a Different Kind of Truth over any Hagar album. I'm sorry, but I will, because it's, Ooh, a lot of it. Um, get some negative comments for that. No, well, I don't know why, because it's Van Halen, and there's a song, I'm going to try to pull it up. There's a song on there that is straight out of, like, Fair Warning, and it's, it's called... Um, it is called Blood and Fire. Have you guys heard Blood and Fire from that song? I'd I'm sure I have, yeah. I think I have. Um, and, and actually, I'll, I'll, I'll play for you guys after this because I can't play the music on the show. They'll, they'll, they'll strike it. But Blood and Fire and like Chinatown and The Trouble with Never and Out of Space, those are all old Van Halen songs exactly. written back in the day that they yep. just re-recorded. And yep. cool. the production was very more Andy John's, very more like, um, how can you say, analog. It, was, it wasn't right. so like slick. And it kicks ass. Like for me, like it just sounds mean and aggressive in a good way. And I dug it. Dave's not sounding like Dave, but the right. low voice of Dave, like the talking voice that he does always right. sounds the same. And I loved it. So that was like the swan song. And after that, saw that tour and it was great. But I knew again, we're never going to get like they should have never broke up. I guess right. is what I'm trying to say. Well, yeah. And you said it. A lot of those songs on there are old David Lee Roth era songs before they, you know, that didn't make it onto any of their first albums. They were just sitting in the vaults. That woofy, I can't pick. He's like, let's do this one. Let's do this one. Let's do yeah. this one. And you mentioned, you know, we had bootleg tapes and stuff of Van Halen. Um, some of those songs yeah. and those riffs are on those bootlegs. With different like, names. And yeah. we're like, man, they should have made a song out of this. Well, <laughs> then they finally did. So you're, you're exactly right, dude. It was more raw. It was more the analog, more raw. Yeah, and it sounded live. like Van Halen, yeah. uh, with David Lee Roth's voice sounding a little bit different, but it still it was more Van Halen-y than 
right. earlier, you know, the Van Halen before. And the other big song that sounds like Van Halen from Van Halen 2 is Big River, which is the, the, one of the last songs in the album. And that was a song in their demo, and it was called Big Trouble. Yeah. So they changed it, and it sounds like, again, I'll play this for you afterwards, and it's like, you'll, I guarantee you'll, you'll tap your foot and nod your head because this is like some kick-ass stuff. And then they did a live album. We're in the live album. They didn't touch up anything. So Dave's voice is a little flat. The guitar is a little sharp, but they just released it as is. And I told Brian again, Pilot Boy, I'm like, listen to that live album and just turn it up because the band is on fire. Like the band is like, it is, they're so good that night that they were doing, I think this was in Tokyo. And Dave's voice again, isn't like anything special. And he's scatting and talking a lot like Budibat. But the music, it was still there even at, towards the end. Like, they were still a monster live band because that's just, again, they, they had the whole thing, man. They had they had the drive, the looks, the talent, the charisma, the dudeness, the, the stage show live. They were boot, they were killing every band they were opening up for. I'm reading that book now where Ted Nugent and Journey and, you know, Black Sabbath is like, oh, my God, these guys just destroyed us, right? right yep. And it's just the, it's the funniest <laughs> stuff because Eddie's like 23, right. 24, and they don't understand how the business works. And Eddie and our, um, Alex and Dave handled a lot of their business stuff in the beginning. Like you were mentioning, you watch The Dirt again, and you kind of see like Mick Mars was kind of the older guy who's kind of right. in charge of this and that. But it was Dave and Alex in the beginning that got them all set up, basically. And again, it was Dave's vision. Again, Roger Waters with the wall and with Pink Floyd, like the, all those things that we love, the smokestacks, the flying pig thing, the this, the the wall, that's it, Roger's vision. And Dave had a vision for Van Halen. Yeah. And, and it and worked. played the music. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And it brought out, it brought out certain things. You know, when, when David Lee Roth was in the band, whether it was the first albums or, you know, uh, the Truth album, you know, the... Right. <laughs> It's hard to explain. I mean, they they played a certain way with Dave, even though Dave's voice might not have been the greatest or whatever, and they were all older. They had a, it's almost like they had a different attitude with Dave. So they had their Sammy way of playing, yeah. which was cleaner. Sammy's like a good old boy, like you said, come right. over for right. a barbecue. They became yeah. like the backyard right. barbecue totally. band, and then they have their way of playing with, with Dave. Dave. It was Ross. like the world invasion yeah. tour, right? right? Whether yeah. they got along, I mean, they right. all hated each other, right? But they still sounded a certain way because that's the way he made the band sound, and they probably followed along with that and, you know, kind of adapted well, to what Dave was doing. My buddy Reese on the last podcast on the Star Wars one mentioned, because we were talking about Metallica, and um, he was saying that, you know, show me a band that doesn't have any conflict, and that band sucks. <laughs> yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> because totally. of all the great conflict and stuff like that. So um, it's fantastic. So, okay, so basically... Yeah, that. So, what what else did you have, Anita? Well, as far as um, talking about last year, twenty twenty, um, oh. it was already a difficult year with COVID, um, and then we lose Eddie Van Halen in yeah. October of twenty twenty, um, and kind of a I don't know, kind of a, also a sad story. I will tell you this: that on that same day that Eddie Van Halen died, I have pet rats, and I was on my way to put my one of my pet rats to sleep, and I received a text text from a friend who told me he's like did you hear the news and I said what news yeah. and he said Eddie Van Halen passed away and I was just thinking this is like the worst day of my life I have to go put a pet to sleep and my guitar hero died on the same day right when did you hear Bill did I call you did you call me because I don't think I called you no I I heard it from another friend of mine um 
And I think they sent me a text, the same thing. And of course, then we're, you know, I'm getting on like YouTube or whatever, trying to find news of it um, and everything. So, yeah, I mean, it, it sucked, but it had been such a long time since, since they had, you know, Van Halen had released anything already, had released anything. Right. The, the hard part for me was you didn't, I started thinking, man, I wonder what he would have, if he was, what what he would have done if he was, if he could have kept going. I mean, would he would have done some stuff, some more stuff with Wolfgang or would he would have released more Van Halen stuff? I started thinking of that stuff. I'm like, yeah, I know it. he's been around for a long time and he's got all these albums and he's been a guitar god for all these decades and everything. But I still wondered what he might have done in the future. What that else, was the way else? I thought yeah, of it. Yeah, what else did he have? And I mean, and the fact not only did he play guitar, but he was a fantastic piano player. Yeah. He was just a incredible musician. Right. And it, it, like, when I say, when you listen to certain albums, it takes you back, you know? Mm-hmm. And you're like, man, now, now he's, now he's gone. You know, our, our, our hero through high school and the, you know, the guy we yeah. wanted to be as guitar players in high school. And so many of his tunes or so many of their tunes brought us back to these great memories or conjure these great memories and everything. And it kind of, it's, I mean, I don't want to use the term end of an era, but I don't know. It sucked. It definitely was an end of an era. Uh, for me, like I said, I don't remember if we recorded this or not, or we were talking about this before we started recording, but I, I knew something was up that day because, again, I started getting text and uh, phone calls from people I haven't heard from in years. You know, you say hi on Facebook or whatever, and that's really cool. But all of a sudden, I was getting, like, personal texts, and I was like, uh-oh, like, something's up. And then I woke up. And Sarah, my wife, wakes up before me, and she was like, hey, honey, have you heard? And I said, nope, I don't want to hear anything yet. I'm going to take a <laughs> shower. I'm going to eat breakfast, and then you can, like, wreck my world. And like I said, my world was pretty wrecked that day. And I know it's kind of weird because I didn't know Edward, and we didn't even get to talk about the story when we actually chased him through Stapleton Airport. I was with Troy and Mike. I got to shake his hand. I put my hand through the crowd, and he was like, hey. And I was like, ah. I started screaming like a little girl. And um, for, for me, it was just, you know, and you guys know me, like it was just, I, I've been about Van Halen almost 24-7 since 82. And it's just, it was always just a staple. So even in between albums, I was just waiting or I would revisit the old albums and it just never gets old. I was listening to Van Halen uh, too, just like last week. And um, it's always on rotation. And I just, when I heard Eddie Van Halen and then I, I kind of like, just, I couldn't process it. Like I said, I walked home after they broke up as a band. And so I did what I always thought. I said, you know, I love you. Just leave me alone. And I don't want to talk to anybody yet. And people were on my Facebook and I'm like, I'm like, yes, I heard. I'll I'll get back to you. Or I was like, I have no words right now. And I went to my office and queued up Van Halen and started crying. And I'm like, I can't sit here in my office and listen to Van Halen and cry. So I, went across the hallway to my master bed, the master bedroom and laid down and put on music in there and just cried. I just like, like the guitar sound I'm never going to hear again. But then I started getting kind of like, I always got to find the good in everything. So I'm like, okay, well, I know I'm not going to hear any more new music from him, but I've seen the videos. He has like 4,000 volts of tape of just DAT tape, digital audio tape that is just has tons of music. It's like the Prince vault. Right. Like Prince can right. release an album a year for the rest of, you know, time. And um, I'm just waiting for Wolfie to go through those. And they've already asked Wolfie, like, when are we going to go through the vaults? 
And he's like, I can't even go in that room yet, guys. And Wolfgang, again, the mammoth is some good stuff because right. I sent yeah. you some stuff and he's yeah. playing all the instruments again, like Prince. Yeah. yeah. And it's pretty fantastic. It's a little like nineties rock and stuff, but it still sounds really good. Yeah. And I'm just waiting to hear the vault stuff, but then it's just going to like, it's going to be like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, dude, did you hear that? Oh, Cause it's over. And so it's just, it is an end of an era for me, Bill, because, um, it's 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 over like there's no like i'm so van halen every week in my life and it's like it's a weird dull void right yes and so with eddie it's not only just the vocals it's not just the and i got to tell you another quick story about that it's the guitar sound it's the writing it's the approach to music like i don't know how to even mimic that how do you carbon copy van halen you can't you can't So who's going to write, you know, Drop Dead Legs again? Anyone? Anyone? Who's going to come up with, you know, I'll Wait? And I just found out recently Michael McDonald of the Doobie Brothers co-wrote that song, I'll Wait, with Dave and stuff. Yeah, I was like, whoa. Yeah, so so there's certain songs that push comes to shove. Like, like we're never, so I'm like, one, I'm not going to get that stuff anymore. But two, I bet you there's a lot of that in the vault. Now, I, I guarantee there is. I don't know if the vault stuff has any vocals. Or I don't know if it's just this. I don't know if it's just that. But right. I'm waiting for that. And that's how I'm kind of coping. And I'll show you my studio before uh, you leave. And that's how I'm coping because I'm just going back to old school with Van Halen. I'm wearing my shirt and playing my music. I got my Van Halen guitar. I play Eddie Licks all day. And I just, in retrospect, retrospect, I just smile. I've been joined at the hip with this band since, again, 82. I love that I discovered it on my own. Friends introduced me to stuff, and everything hit, and it just fit really comfortable in my personal space. And it's just always there. So for me, it was like, yeah, 2020 really sucks. Because not only with COVID and with everything else and all the other people we lost, but then Eddie Van Halen. And so, you know, and then the Grammys just totally did a piss poor. Yeah, I didn't even watch that. It was terrible. They, they they were like, oh, yeah, and Eddie Van Halen died. Hey, coming up next, you know, Post yeah. Malone. Yeah. And uh, not a diss on Post Malone. He's he's good at what he does. But I just, it's it's like it wasn't. So I'm hoping for once all this is gone, um, I know that, because, again, I follow a lot of the insiders, that they're going to do like a, 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 what do you call it? Like, like some like, kind of a cool tribute for yeah, him. Yeah, like, yeah, like a tribute thing. Like they're, they're right. going to have like, you know, Nuno's going to come up and play a song. Steve right. I is going to play a right. song. Blah, blah, blah. And so I'm waiting for that. And then, you know, uh, Woofy and stuff like this and that. But it's it's definitely over. And that's what I guess we're leading to now as we wrap up this show. Like um, it was a hell of a ride. Um, no one will ever replace Eddie uh, in my eyes or in my ears. And um, it was freaking awesome yeah like just the name van halen and their yep. logo like it, i'm i'm part of the, i know they have like the kiss army i don't know what they ever call this van halen guys but i'm van halen like soldier for life van halen man. for life yeah van halen for life yes. man so and listening to some of these old songs and these these older albums and everything like i said they're songs that'll take me back to things that i'd forgotten about right and all of a sudden i'll hear the song on a remember where I was when we were listening to this song one time and I'd completely forgotten about that, you know, otherwise and I'd be like, Oh yeah. Yeah. So it's cool to do that, you know, to remember that, that stuff. And just the time we grew up with all that because it's a different time now and it just makes me appreciate that time that much more. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. And we will, we're going to pick another subject and stuff, but thank you guys so much for joining us as we uh, just, Take a walk down memory lane with Eddie Van Halen. 
And wanted to say thank you guys for listening. I want to thank my special guests, Anita and Billy, for joining me. This is from my chair with Carlos. I release shows every Monday, so please subscribe and turn on your notifications so you do not miss a single show. Thanks, guys, for coming over. This was awesome. Right on. It's great. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, it's cool, man. Bye, guys. <laughs>